Okay. Taking notes? Okay. Good morning. Um, we talked a few weeks ago, if you guys remember, we talked about um, what it meant to be filled with the Spirit. And we said uh, from Ephesians 5.18, it said, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And we said that that word, that filled word, is a control word, meaning do not let alcohol control you, let the Spirit of God control you. The, the verse is not, the focus is not alcohol, it's just on the surrender of your will to God's will in a given situation and allowing the Spirit to, here's a good guy word, to, to dominate you. You know, and, and you know, Jeff, there was times when I played football at Auburn that, I, man, I got smashed. And there was times that I, I crushed people. In Jesus' name, of course, right? <laughs> always, always. And, and so when we, when we think about being filled with the Spirit, it, we're talking about being controlled in a given situation. In, in when, when you get in a situation and, and, and it's a, a situation where you feel stuff rising up in you and, you, and you say, God, Holy Spirit, I need you to dominate me right now. And you may not say it out loud, but it's just in your mind, in your heart, in your will and emotions, you're saying, Holy Spirit, if you don't control me right here, something really bad is going to come out. Because this is the way I always respond in this given situation. And, and guys, it's so important that we as believers, Catherine, learn to allow the Spirit to dominate us and not our flesh. And we talked about that we defined it, we looked at demonstrations of it, and then how we could do it. And we said the way we allow the spirit nest to control us and dominate us is through our daily surrender of our will. Because we said that the, the filling of the spirit is different than the baptism of the spirit because the filling is not a one-time thing. The baptism of the spirit is simply that time when I surrendered to God's call in my heart and said, Jesus, you saved me and is made want to be born again. And the only way that we're able to say that is because the Spirit in John chapter 6, verse 44 and 65 tells us the only way we can say I desire our hearts towards God. Because Romans tells me there's nothing good in me, Zach, that, even, that would even go after God. Okay? Unless the Spirit begins to woo me and draw me towards Himself. That's the only way. That is the only way I begin to move toward God is that the Spirit pulls me towards Him. Okay? And so in given situations, let's learn by the Spirit's power and His control to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to dominate me. I need you to control me because I'm getting ready to flame on in this situation, right? And, and, and guys, I'm telling you, there's people that are 80 years old that they, they're still doing the same things they did when they were 30 because they've never allowed the Spirit to control them. They've never allowed. Okay? And Zach, it, it will happen. If we don't, in given situations, learn to submit to his leadership in our lives, it's when we get to be, well, when you get to be, <laughs> I'm way down the road for you. We'd, yeah, 20 years from now, you'll be doing the same thing. Right? We'll be doing the same thing. The same anger, the same words. When our wives or our husbands say something, we just... 
or a kid, whatever, whatever it is for you, fill in the blank. Unless we allow the Spirit to begin to really fill us and control us. Today, we're going to talk about, and that's, that's a great thing. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, out the Spirit's fire, in other words. So, what we're going to do today, we're going to define that. What does that mean? We're going to look at, because this is not a good thing. Filling is a great thing. Quenching is not a good thing. So, we're going to define it. We're going to look at demonstrations of it. In other words, what does it look like when, when I quench the Spirit? And then we're going to look at, thirdly, we're going to look at deterrence to quenching. In other words, if I'm doing this, how can I keep from doing this in my life? Some deterrence. How can I begin more and more? Okay, Quenching the Spirit. Let's define what it means to quench the Spirit. Definition. In other words, to put out or to put a damper on. To put out or to put a damper on. Hyphen, simply saying no to God. Simply saying no to God. Now, what do I mean by that? This is what I mean when I say no. If Heather believes God is prompting her heart about something, she's being tapped on the shoulder, and she says, hey, God, I believe you're speaking to me, but not now. And you do what, another football thing, one of the greatest, when I played fullback, one of the greatest things you can do is stiff arm. You know what that is? You know what a stiff arm is? Do you? That's right. But it's, it's a little more violent than that. <laughs> if somebody's trying, coming up to tackle me, Joseph, one of the greatest things is, is you wait to the last minute and he gets close and you take this part of your hand, which is really hard, and you just die like that. And you hit him right in the forehead and it's like an electric shock goes all the way down his body. <laughs> and I mean, it is, it's effective. It's really effective. And how often do we do that with God? Saying no to God when we believe the promptings come, when we're reading the Bible, and, and, and it's like, oh, man. And it's something going on in your life, and he's saying, Zach, whatever it is, and you say, God, I believe you're speaking to me, but not right now. I remember late at night I was running. This was a lot of years ago. And I was running by, and I, uh, this house, and I looked over, there's these guys playing shooting pool in the garage, and, it, and I was like 200 yards from the house. And I just really believed that God, that God tapped me on the shoulder and said, Foster, I want you to stop and go talk to these guys. And I said, God, man, come on, I'm almost, I'm in the home stretch, right? <laughs> I'm in the home stretch, you know, <laughs> you know. I want you to go talk to these guys. You know what I did? Kept right on going. Kept right on going. Instead of being filled and saying, okay, Lord. Just kept right on going. And I stiff-armed him. I said, no. Let me ask you a question. Right up front. Are there places, is there a specific place in your life right now that God is tapping you on the shoulder and you've been stiff-arming 
off and on, off and on, off and on, off and on, maybe. And maybe for some of us, I don't know, maybe for some of us, we've been coming here a while, and maybe the Spirit has been speaking to your heart about surrendering your life to Christ. I'm not talking about, I come from a Baptist background, okay? So I'm not talking about rededicating your life. I'm talking about, I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about surrendering your life to be born again, to say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness of my sin and being saved. What the Bible would call being born again, John chapter 3. And maybe the Spirit's been tapping you on the shoulder about surrendering your life to be saved, to be born again. And you've been stiff-arming. I want you to think, is there a specific area of your life that just continues to lasso your heart instead of the Spirit? Is there an area that, that has lassoed your heart and continues to come up, continues to come up, and God says, I want to deal with this. I want, I want you to surrender this to me. And you go, not now, God. Not now, God. Not now, God. Because if there is, we've defined it, saying no to God, put it, putting a damper on. Here's, guys, you stiff-arm God long enough, and, and I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Though, how many of y'all have fireplaces? Okay. And you've got, a, you've got the damper door in the fireplace where you open and close. Open it more. More oxygen is allowed to stoke the fire. Bring that damper door down. Less oxygen stokes the flame. When we stiff-arm God and say no, no, no to God enough, what happens to the damper door, spiritually speaking, of your heart? That damper door in your heart comes No, God. And, and there's less spiritual oxygen, if I could say it that way, there's less spiritual oxygen allowed to stoke the flame of God in your heart when you stiff-arm God by saying no. You say no, you say no, the damper door of your heart... And at some point, it closes, and the flame that was in your heart, I'm not saying that, do you love God now as much as you did? You know, you know that's a guilt trip stuff. I'm not asking you that. But I'm asking you, have you said no consistently to God, and that damper door of your heart has come down, where the flame that used to be there is no longer there? And it's, psst, psst, and it's out. And in essence... It's just going through motions. You may come to church, do the dad and mom thing, husband and wife thing, but really the flame that, you, that was there in your heart, and this is specifically related to you saying no to God. That's what I'm talking about. You've quenched the spirit enough where that damper door is down, and it's quenched the spirit of God in your heart. And it's not there anymore. Psst, the flame's out. You may come here every Sunday, but the flame is out. So what does it look like? We've defined it. Let's look at some demonstrations of what it looks like to quench the Spirit. When we say no, here's, the first, here's one of the things that happens. When we say no to God, we refuse what He wants to do for you. We refuse what He wants to do for us. In other words, what, the thing, what does he want to give us? What are some of the things God wants to give us? First of all, insight and understanding. Insight and understanding. Specifically, who God is. But guys, when we say no, 
He wants to give us that understanding. But when we, when we say no, we get a distorted picture of God, and oftentimes we start seeing God as the big combat boot in the sky. And we start seeing God as the... Um, I don't have any, any glass. I'm going to use one of your things, bro. Oh, they're hooked together. We start seeing God as the genie. Okay, God, I did this, you got to do this. I did this, you got to do this. And we start, because we've said no, and we refuse and we stiff-arm God, we, start, we begin to get a distorted view of who God really is. And we go into this performance-based acceptance mode of Christianity. Okay, God, I did this, now you have to do this. I did this, and it's almost like God's a genie. So when we say no, it distorts our, our, the biblical view of who God really is. Here's something else that happens. It distorts what Christ has done for us. And primarily, it distorts the cross. When Jesus hung naked on a cross, I think he hung naked. They stripped him for further humiliation. It distorts the perspective, the view, the truth of what Jesus did on the cross. Namely, the gospel. His life, his death. And on that cross, he took Joseph's sin on himself. He took the world's sin on himself. He took what, Catherine, what you and I should have been, been crucified for. He took that on himself and he gave us his righteousness. He transferred his righteousness, his holiness to us as a result of the cross. What a transference. What an incredible deal. He takes all of our sin, the wrath of God, we get all his holiness, Chris, and all his righteousness. What a deal, Zach. But see, when we keep saying no to God and stiff arm, all that becomes distorted. All that gets, gets, gets fuzzy and hazy. And not only do it, does the gospel get hazy, but what he gives us gets hazy. What do you mean, Foster, what he gives us? Well, Ephesians 6 says, when we're fighting, it says to stand. Like three or four times in, 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 in uh, Ephesians chapter 6. It says to stand. Stand, stand. Well, what are we standing on? Bailey, we're standing on what Jesus has done for us. I don't have to regain ground that the enemy has taken. I don't have to regain anything. All I need to do is stand firm. On what? On what Jesus has already done for me. At the cross. So I don't, Zach, I don't have to regain anything. I don't have to back up. I don't have to go forward. It just says to stand, to stand firm. And it's all based on what Jesus has already done. Here's something else. As a result, when we say no to God, here's some other things that, that occur that are distorted. He wants to give us peace and comfort. He wants to give us wisdom and discernment. I know none of us need that. In relationships, in situations, 
You need wisdom in relationships? <laughs> right? Absolutely. Always. Discernment, direction on, on man, Lord, do, do we need to go this direction, that direction? Because when we're saying no, all this is distorted. And it's, and it's, it's not there. It's not there. So first thing is we refuse what he wants to do for us. Here's the second thing. When we say no to God, we reject what he wants to do in us. We reject what he wants to do in us. In other words, how he wants to change our our character inside. Here's the thing. When you were saved, when you gave your life to Christ, he didn't just turbocharge your existing heart. He did spiritual open-heart surgery, took out your existing heart, put in a brand-new heart, okay, that's never existed. When we say no to God, all that kind of stuff, how he wants to motivate that heart toward him gets distorted and gets stymied, gets stunted, okay? And meaning, okay, as far as reading the Scripture, as far as praying, as far as telling others about Jesus. Guys, and I'm going to say a hard thing here. The majority of Christians are not reading their Bible. They're not praying. They are going to church some, and they're not telling anybody about Jesus. Oh, but yeah, I'm a Christian. And I'm not trying to say our Christianity is all based on works. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying when we're allowing the Spirit to control us, all these things are evident in our lives. Not perfect, because we're all growing and developing and learning. We're all at different spots in here, different spiritual places. Not more or less spiritual, but we're just all at different places. But guys, when we're saying no to God, all that gets distorted. And I have no desire to pray, no desire to read the Bible, no desire to tell anybody about Jesus. That's why we say, hey, let's start praying about two people that as far as you know, they don't know the Lord, and let's begin to pray about them And at some point, you talk to them about Jesus and just share your story. Bailey, you share your But when we say no, hey, guys, and I still struggle, I struggle with this too, about praying with our wives. If you don't want to hear anything, go home and pray with your wife today. Pray with your roommates. Future wife, maybe. Four. What? Yeah, amen, right? Yeah. So guys, when we quench, we refuse what he wants to do for us. And then secondly, we reject what he wants to do in us. And then here's the third thing. We resist what he wants to do through us. We resist what he wants to do through us. And guys, here's something. Notice, notice how when we, when, we're, when we sin, when we say no to God, what hap- one of the things that happens is that sin always, sin affects every relationship that you have. You never sin in private. 
You never sin in private. It affects every relationship. The tentacles of sin affect every aspect, every relationship that you have. And it will bleed over into everything. That's why these, these three points, you see, it just, it's just infectious. Because that's how sin is. And I would say a lot of us in here, Zach, you would, when you sin, you would not go, oh, wow, I didn't know that one was, right? Brian, at this season of your life, you would not say, well, I didn't know that was a sin. Now, these guys might. These guys would. These, these would. But do you know why I sin? Same reason you do, Ness. Because I want to. It's not because of ignorance. It's because I want to, because I go spiritually insane thinking at that moment, whatever it is I'm going to is going to satisfy me more than Jesus. And that that is better than Christ. In that moment. When we say no to God, we resist what he wants to do through us. What are some of the things he wants to do through us? I think Josh mentions one of them. Share the gospel boldly. Well, Foster, I don't know how to do that. I'm scared to death. You do that for a living. Keep going. Share your story, guys. Randy, right? Share your story. My life before Christ, when and how I accepted Christ, what he's doing in my life now. But when we say no to God, that's not even coming to our, our mind, Joseph. You know, you go to work not to make money. We've said this before. You go to work to infect the area where you work with the gospel, to be light, to be salt, to, ooh, to worship. We've talked about this, right? To worship, not to make money. To worship. And it's cool. Some of y'all remember Randy Davis and the Davis family that used to be here. To worship. Man, to hear, I talk, Randy and I talk usually every Monday night. They're out in Utah now. And to hear him talk about the things that are going on and how he's remembering some of those things and not quenching the spirit and saying, no, I'm not going to do this, but he's He's, used, he's allowing his job to be a place where he goes to worship, right? I mean, how many, how many you know, all the students that you run, in, run into over there, right? And it's, it's a, it's a, guys, it's a whole spiritual paradigm shift in your hearts and minds, right? It's a whole shift, and the Spirit has to do it, because if not, then we get, in our, our, get on those railroad tracks and we just stay right there. Start, I'm not saying that you may already be doing this, but you know, Bailey, allow God to start using you where you are to, to be light, to be salt, and just sow seed, build bridges. Build bridges meaning that you, you connect with, with those students in a deeper way, and at some point you're doing that to talk to them about Jesus and share your story. Serve others sacrificially. Share the gospel boldly. And 
impact people eternally. Impact people eternally. When you go to the Kroger in Irma, am I seeking to impact people eternally? See if I'm still, no God, no. I don't know how to do that, I'm not even going there. Well, I can't. You see, here's your discipleship group right here, right? This is, this, is, this is the greatest discipleship group right here. Five little ones. So if I can't get out much, don't, don't feel guilty. All right? Don't, don't let guilt jump on you at all. At all. I remember Laura was freed up so much by a lady in South Africa. Laura, when we, when we had uh, Lolly, our second, and, and Laura just was spending, used to spending multiple Nah, so bad. A lot of time with the Lord. And she couldn't anymore. And she was so frustrated. And, this, and, this, and she was telling this lady from South Africa, and this lady, beautiful South African accent, and out in mine will be South African redneck. And, and, and she, said, she said, and she told Laura, and it was so freeing, it was a breath of life coming to her. She said, she told Laura, sometimes he's in your hands. He's in your feet. In other words, it's, it's ministering to your kids and you showing them Jesus in your actions to them. And that's the worship. That's the quiet time. And Laura just went, Whew. you know, like in the old cartoons when somebody would get scared and they'd just turn to jelly and go down the steps like that. She just went, oh, because it was such life breathed into her. You know? That's what, that's what the Spirit does. It gives us life. But when we... When, oh, it, brings, it brings a stagnation when we say no. So, we close, we finish here. How, what are deterrents to quenching the Spirit? We've defined it. We look at demonstrations of it. What are some deterrents? How can we not quench the Spirit in my life? Here's one thing. Psalm 119 Verse 9 through 11 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I've sought thee. Lord, do not let me wander from your commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do we begin to not quench the Spirit? First of all, feed often on the Scripture. Feed often on the Scripture. It's not a magical formula. It's not magical, but feed often. Guys, one of the greatest battles that you will have occurs where? All right? The hardest time for me, I received Christ three weeks before I went to play football at Auburn. The hardest time for me at Auburn initially was when I laid down in the bed, I closed my eyes, and the movie camera came on. Because God did not take his spiritual eraser and erase all those things. And I said, God, I'm going to go nuts if you don't help me here. And Romans 12, 2 says, we are transformed, how, Joseph? By the renewing of our mind. That word renew means to restore. Here's my car guy right here. To take an old car, restore it to new condition. And guys, as I begin to get into the Word, it was like in the old movies with the old gold miners. They had a thing that was called the sift. They put dirt on it, and they would take it. It had a grate right there, and they would... And the dirt would come through, and hopefully at the top on, on that grate, 
after the dirt went through, they would have gold, pieces of gold. And guys, it was like, that's what, that was my brain, and the word of God, just that dirt just went out, and the gold of the word just stayed there. And it sifted all that junk out of my brain as I focused on his word. How can I not quench the spirit, Zach? More and more and more. Read his word. Well, Foster, I want... Okay, read his word, okay. Numbers. Zechariah. Start, start reading the book of James and take one chapter every day for a week. Chapter one. Next week, chapter two. And read those Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, like that. And just start reading. And do it systematically. Who's talking? What are they talking about? How does Jesus fit into this? How does this apply to me? And ask those questions. Get out your pen and highlighter. Okay? Stay open. Secondly, give him plenty of fuel by reading Scripture. And then secondly, stay open to the Spirit's promptings. Stay open to the Spirit's promptings. And this is what I mean by that. Well, Foster, how do I know if it's God, if this is Satan, or if it's the pizza I had the night before? How do I know? Here's a couple of characteristics of how God will speak to us. Just a couple. He'll never tell us anything contrary to his word. Okay? When God speaks to you, it will never be anything. He'll confirm scripture. He'll never contradict it. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through uh, 13, Jesus being tempted by the enemy. Okay, Jesus constantly, the, the word, the scripture, the word, the word. He confirms. He'll never contra contradict. Here's another way that you'll know that it's him. He convicts. He does not condemn. John 16, 9. He convicts. He does not condemn. Romans 8, 1 says, There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The Spirit will focus on convicting your sin, not you as a person, okay? That's how you'll know that it's God. And then lastly, just, that was just a couple. What are some things, characteristics, what are some cautions, what are some things we need to be careful about when we're really seeking the Lord? Be careful that you hear something that you desperately want to hear. <laughs> In other words, I've done this, I've done this, Mike. You open the Bible and you go, boom. Oh, man, that's, that spoke right to me. Be careful that you hear something that you desperately want to hear. Be, here's another thing, that, another caution. Be careful when you're out of the will of God and, and uh, you're seeking for wisdom in this particular area, but yet you're out of the will of God in this area of your life. I, okay, this is just pretend, okay? Just pretend. For, with Chris and you guys, all right? Chris is seeking wisdom. Oh, God, you know, do I need to do this about a job, whatever? But yet, they're just, they're duking it out. I mean, you haven't called the police all the time, and, and the police are running to their house, and, and okay? Hypothetical. But yet, Chris is seeking the Lord over here, but yet, he's duking it out with his wife over here. God, show me, God, show me, God, show me. Not going to happen, guys. When I'm out of the will of God over here, Joseph, but yet I'm seeking here, 
What's, what's the C word that's going to exist? Nothing but confusion. And we know who's the author of that. And then lastly, be careful when there's a lack of total peace. Doesn't mean there won't be challenge involved in, in a decision making, but be careful when there's a lack of total peace in, in direction. So let me ask you, are you quenching the Spirit in a specific area of your life? And I'm not going to ask you to do this, but could you stand up right now and say, you know what, here specifically I am definitely quenching the Spirit and I'm stiff-arming God by saying no to Him in this area of my life. Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads, please. Any of you would say, just by a raised hand, up and down, as we've moved through this about quenching the Spirit, saying no to God? Any of you would say, as, as we move through, and maybe as soon as we started, the Spirit just reminded you of what you've been stiff-arming God about? Any of you here, just hand up and hand down? You, if, and, and if you had to, you could stand up and just say, here is where I've been quenching the Spirit. Just put your hand up and hand down. You know specifically. Okay, thank you. All right. I want to ask you this. Any of you here that you know that you know that you know that the Spirit of God is prompting your heart, the Spirit of God has lassoed your heart and is pulling you towards God this morning, but maybe even before you came in here, God's been dealing with your heart about being born again, as John 3 says, about surrendering your life to Christ, to become a Christian for the very first time, to be saved, to be born again, as John 3 says. If you know that that's you, if you know that you know that, that you realize that you've been quenching the Spirit right here in this area of your life, I'm going to ask you to do a bold thing in just a minute. If you know that that's you. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And by you standing, you're saying, I'm, right now I'm surrendering my life to God, to Jesus Christ, for him to forgive me of my sin. And I'm receiving Christ as my Savior to be forgiven. And I receive the gospel, his life, death, birth, resurrection and ascension, and he's coming again. I receive all that truth and believe that Jesus is who he says he is according to the scripture. If you know that that's you, I'm gonna give you a chance right now. You don't have to say a word, but by you standing, you're saying, I receive Christ, the gospel, and to be born again this morning. If there's anyone here and you know that that's you, Right now, without hesitating, without looking around, I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet. And by you standing, you're surrendering to Christ to be forgiven of your sin, to be born again. Anybody here, you know that that's you. I'm going to ask you to stand right now.
If you need to, to pray, just in the next, in really quick, in the next minute, if you, if you just need to say, Lord, I've been quenching you. If you need to pray that out loud, Scripture says confess our sins one to another. You don't necessarily have to be specific. But if that's something you feel like you need to do to be obedient, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to walk in our sin, but we can walk in the filling of the Spirit. We don't have to quench the Spirit by saying no. So, Father, help us as a body of Christ to seek to honor you, to walk in the filling to not say no, to not quench the Spirit. And allow you, Holy Spirit, to live through us. It's not us living for you. It's allowing you to live through us. Two totally different things. Help us as believers to be that light, to be that salt, to go to work, to worship. Thank you for loving us and that your love is not based on, on our performance. All this we pray in the name above all names, in whom, it, in whom you said, Jesus, God, you said it of yourself, the heavens are your throne and the earth is your footstool. What a beautiful picture of how big you are. It's in that name that we pray and all God's people said, amen, amen.